spidey senses tingling. Hello. That charming voice is the Oscar-winning composer of The Dark Knight, Hans Slimmer. Welcome to the show. That charming voice, Jonesy loves beer. <laughs> Thanks for the huge intro. <laughs> Welcome Love to the Paper Cake Podcast. Um, there's no question we're the most popular podcast on the internet. Numbers came back in the middle of the night. Yeah, the, the oh, wire yeah. came over the wire. Yeah, we're actually number zero. We're higher than number one. Somebody called us, I mean, and we were like, yo. The, the president of the internet called us late in the night. We were like, somebody better be dead. Or have the numbers to prove that we're the most best. We're a podcast uh, that goes over industry news. You know, we do a roundtable of the books we're reading. Um, and then we'll do a book club, you know? We all get together and talk about a book, you know, like wives do, sisters. Ladies knitting. Ladies of the night. Yeah. We, we, we read Mouse Guard this week. It's our book club book. Book club book. Do the book club. And then we read your letters. But, uh, you know, this is, we're starting over fresh this episode, Jonesy. Jumping on point. You know? Yeah. This is our point one episode. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited for it. This is for people that don't even read comics. This episode is for you. Well, let's be real. If you don't read comics, why are you listening to this podcast? Because we're the most popular podcast on the interweb. Why yeah. else? You know what? And there are dear listeners interested in reading comics, but maybe is apprehensive. Yeah, sure. Afraid. Comics are a hard thing to get into. They don't want to get made fun of. You ever try to give a book to your wife? Yeah, absolutely. She, like, throw it back in your face and then and spit then, on you? Then she tells me to go put a little whites on. <laughs> <laughs> so this episode's format is going to be similar. You know, we usually do a roundtable book that we're reading. We're going to do a roundtable book that we think is good or great for the non-reader. You know, mm-hmm. your buddy, you know, maybe he's into sports. He doesn't read comics, you know, Yeah. or your wife. Heaven forbid you get your wife into comics. You try and you try. Sometimes you try. it's not worth it anymore. I know. Let's, let's just, I'm getting depressed talking about it. So uh, we all have a few books, you know, that we think are going to be great for uh, the non-reader. We're going to go over them, you know, so it could be the biggest show ever. I'm ready. The numbers are already in. They're already in. They just emailed me. Can you guess, Jonesy? Who is it? The, it's amazing. The president of the internet emailed you? The president of the internet just emailed me. <laughs> and uh, wow. it's good. It's real good. But first... Ah, shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my word. New listener. Leave it in. Leave it in. New listener. Right. Leave it in. But first, <laughs> we uh, we got something great cooked up. We got your letters. <laughs> I'm going to open them up. Farrington's gonna read them. So we're um, we're gonna read a letter, you know, from our great listeners, friends of the show, have uh, emailed in their ideas, you know. Right. We polled everybody, asking uh, what they think they would recommend to to somebody who's never read comics before, and we got a slew of responses, which is great because I I think uh, I think we should be interacting. A lot more with people who are friends of the show and who listen. I think, you know, we we kind of go our own way a lot and kind of have our own idea how we want to do the show. But, you know, we've made a lot of great friends. Are you talking about me specifically? Yeah. No, no, 
Never. <laughs> Over the last 30 episodes, we've met a lot of great people. we made friends with a lot of great people who are interested in what we do, and I think... Uh, you know, some some interaction is warranted. I mean, I'm no I'm no Twitler who's going to say you know what we have to do, what we what we don't have to do. What are you snoring over there? You playing your iPhone? <laughs> I got an email cooked up right now. Cook from it up. None other than the Don Garvey. Wow, big friend of the show. Big friend Huge of the show. Supporter of the show. He just launched a big webcomic, didn't he? EchoRift.com. Yep. What is the can you, what is the URL, Jonesy? EchoRift. One word. Dot com. Check Very it out. good. You know, it just dawned on me. Forgive me for talking out of turn, but mm. we're on episode 31. We ain't even introduced who we are. Uh, we don't need to. They, they know it already. This, this is the worst episode we've ever done. <laughs> Let's stop it and redo it. You know what? We're better than this. <laughs> no, no, no. Let me read this email from Don Garvey, and then we'll do a little, uh, you know, who's who's your father? Yeah, what does okay. he do? Yeah. So Don Garvey, uh, he's emailed in. You know, let's, let's read it right now. Go ahead. EchoRiff.com. If the new reader is or was a fan of existing movies, video games, or TV, I point them to Star Wars, Transformers, Buffy, or G.I. Joe comics. Great idea, I think. I'm interjecting Perfect. an email. Yeah. He didn't yeah. write that. Um, or something like that. Back in the day, Predator, Terminator, or Aliens were big suck you in titles. It's true. Sounds like a title that Dave would read. All right. Yeah. Chainsaws. Porno comics. Bicycles. For kids, Tiny Titans or Bone. Superheroes, DC, New Frontier, Ultimate Spider-Man, Dark Knight Returns. Sci-fi fans, listen up. Transmetropolitan and Fear Agent. Oh, Fear Agent. Good pick. Uh, In the end, it's pretty unpredictable what people will like. My wife's first comic was Warren Ellis' Freak Angels. She tore that up. Go figure. (laughs) I never never even read Freak Angels. Neither have I. Warren Ellis, I barely read anything Warren Ellis outside of Planetary and Fell. It's true. He did a Secret Avengers. Was Welcome good. back, Frank. Am I right? Garth Ennis. Garth Ennis. Sorry, Warren Ellis. Oh, God. What is my pick? For new reader, you know, I try to think about what I would give my wife. You know, I'm married now. Mm-hmm. Um, I gave her... Did I give her Fell? I would say Fell. You know? Sick, uh, you know, one issue tells a story. You don't need to worry about 20 years of backstory. Tells a story about a cop that goes into, you know, this crappy town, and he's a detective. Mm -hmm. Um, Very strange town. Something's happening. Something out of the ordinary. And it's uh, drawn by Ben Templesmith. Very dark, you know, uh, dark but colorful book. Um, And each issue deals with something that's odd that's happening in the town, and the more he works in this town, the more he starts to get you know, the hang of Snowtown. Uh, Slim, I think that's a great recommendation Thank for you. new readers. It is a, an amazing run. Um, it's very compact. Mm-hmm. There's not a whole lot to catch up on. What is there, six, nine issues, something think, like that? I think eight. Eight issues. So it's all There's before. more in the works, I've heard. And it's a great morality play. So if you're one of those readers who goes into a book to really get something like that out of it, I think Fell tells a great story of, like, People who live on a grayscale, a grayscale rather, mm. that are compared to the darkness of Snowtown, and I don't know, it's a, it's a really great story. Yeah, and it's different than a lot of comics because you start out reading and then it's like a to be continued or part one of seven. But you know, fell you can just read one issue and, and just kind of sit and take it in and mm-hmm. you know go on to bacon yeah, dinner. I don't recommend reading fell as a whole the whole run at once. It's something for me that I like to let simmer. 
marinate. Come back like, to like, like, I do. Comic marinate. Put in the old crock pot of my brain. <laughs> just let it cook. The brain. Slow the brain. The brain crock pot. <laughs> Uh, but that was my pick, you know? So. We got your <laughs> no, so I'm not going to play the whole thing. You, uh, yeah. Dale, you want to you wanna go on? Yeah. See, so, uh, what is your recommendation from this reader that has shot in a letter? Yeah, so uh, we got another friend of the show, Snapperhead. Great name. Goes, he goes by Snapperhead. That's fine. Uh, you know, I he mean, can be in a gang. He probably is in a gang. He's probably running the <laughs> probably gang. Probably a porn star. If he listens to the show, he's a smart guy. You know what I mean? That's fine. You that's know, all that matters. Our listeners are arguably the most intelligent on the planet. Snapperhead reads Hands comments. Down. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Snapperhead, you go and you do. You go do and it. you do. Do it. You know. And I'm going to read your recommendations. <laughs> <laughs> he just has some... He, he, Snapperhead's right to the point. Bullet point list here. Mm-hmm. Watchmen. Hmm. Dark Knight Returns. It's the second time it's been mentioned so far. Yeah. yeah. Preacher, V for Vendetta, Kingdom Come, X-Men, God Loves, Man Kills. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, we did that as a, a book club. Book number book two. Club. Iron Man, Ar- Armor Wars, hmm. Sandman, the book, the never-to-be book club <laughs> book. <laughs> it shall, book. shall not be named. <laughs> and uh, Alan Moore's reboot of Saga of the Swamp Thing, which... Yeah. We talked about that before. What happened yeah. with Sandman? With us, now that we just we never we always talk about doing it. It's, it's like you know the unicorn. We yeah, didn't do that cake. once. We didn't do an episode on the comics podcast. No, we talked no. about we how the about covers how, turned us off. Yeah, the covers are very oh, intimidating. Very strange. I don't know why we don't do. We should do that. We should do that book. Write yeah. it down. You just turning the tables on me. Sorry, <laughs> you were. We. we I, I don't thought, know why it was I thought not we to were be blood named. brothers, <laughs> and we would never read the book. Um, you know, Dale. Let's introduce Dale to the listeners uh, for the first time. Dale, um, he's what I like to call an internet celebrity. You know, yeah, he you know. he rubs elbows with the great web comic creators on the website. He writes uh, fantastic, fantastic pixel keg. Right. Remember that articles? Mm-hmm. Don't Those forget articles? about his other claim to fame: the paper keg, t- paper keg team up, paper keg team up. Um, just Google it. You know, I don't want to explain it to you. Just Google it and read it. Just Google it and don't Google how I gave myself the moniker Internet Celebrity, please. <laughs> you won't find anything on that. That's probably lost into the Twitter ether. I somewhere. made it happen. I made it happen. Um, podcast Bad Boy is another uh, description of probably Dale. his most accurate title. I mean, uh, you check the archives for some of Dale's pointed comments and <laughs> they will shock you. It's all in, all in good fun. All in good fun. Dale... Uh, you're arguably the biggest superstar in the show. Uh, yeah, the, I mean, the whitest superstar in the show. He gets well, my yeah, vote for yeah. a whiteness and superstardom. I agree. What's and, what's your pick? So uh, my first pick, I've, I I stress a lot about this, guys, because you know if you we're going to recommend only a few comics to new comic readers, I mean, you got you almost got to whip your your, your D your big D out and uh, <laughs> you know start swinging it around, knocking over lamps like a helicopter. I had to go with. My first tried and true love, Amazing Spider-Man. Hmm. And I recommend for a new reader, start at issue 666. I uh, hope that doesn't put anybody off because it is the Mark of the Beast. <laughs> but um, 666 starts with the, is the, the prelude to Spider Island. Oh, God. Spider Island is the big arc that is just finishing up in uh, Amazing Spider-Man. But 666 is basically a catch-up for what happened and what has happened 
in past years of Amazing Spider-Man. It's a great jumping on point for new readers. You can kind of catch up on Peter Parker's life, and then it took put you right into uh, Spider Island, which I mean, let's face it, amazing. It's it's amazing. Spider Island is amazing. Spider Island is amazing. It's a tall order. And uh, you know, for somebody who wants to get into comics, superheroes are probably what they think of first. Mm-hmm. So I figured, let me try to give them something that that they immediately think of when they think of comics, and that's superheroes. And Amazing Spider-Man is doing a great job right now of being entertaining. And this issue, six sixty six and on, you're 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 caught up. You're you're on the ground floor running with the rest of us. Don't be intimidated by that high issue number. The best part about that recommendation is since the run is being written by Dan Slott and he's been writing Spider-Man for like, what, two, three years now? In my opinion, Dan Slott is turning into the definitive Spider-Man writer. Mm-hmm. I can't think of somebody in our era. It's definitive. <laughs> Clearly somebody disagrees. Not Dale, I don't think. No, I don't. I do not disagree with that. Yeah, that's not me making that noise either. <laughs> That would be our producer. You know, he's um, three quarters of Red Bull in here. I don't. I can't fire. think of another uh, with recently uh, definitive Spider-Man. Right? You know who's good though? Zeb Wells. Zeb Wells. Zeb Wells <laughs> with his two story arcs. You know what? This, two uh, not story the time arcs. to argue. No, I actually, agree with no, you. No, this Dad. is a perfect time to argue with you. And you go know? this Wednesday, November 9th, Avenging Spider-Man, new title. That's right. Zeb Wells. Zeb Wells, helm. I got news for you. You buy that in print, you get a free digital copy, my friends. Yeah. I'm not sure if you're aware of that. I, I actually am aware. All right. I, I know this wanted, guy is pretty big make, in the digital comic I just wanted business. to make sure. I am, disclaimer, I work for Comixology. New listeners. I apologize that I didn't That's right. say that in the you beginning. You should apologize. I apologize. You apologize dummy, again? You dummies. So uh, we have another host on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was famous, you know, in the beginning. Um, he was known as the DC historian of the show, you know, um, he used to know all there was about the DCU. Was a time when everybody looked to Mark for advice, DC history news. You know, history, he was a walking encyclopedia Britannica, Farringtonica. Don't lie, they still call me every now Uh, and then. But once the reboot happened, he lost his luster, you know, he turned to rust, as it were. So Mark Farrington is a former DC historian. Welcome back. You read two. Is- thank you. Good yeah, to be back. First thank of you. all, mm-hmm. you're welcome. You read two issues of, or two months worth of new DC stories, and you now know more than me. Three, actually. I think we're in the third month. Are third we? Month. I mean, another Issue another are rolling out. Another negative for Mark, Mark right now. Farrington. He doesn't even know what month we're in. <laughs> former in the new DC DCU. historian. I can't let it go. I'm just spiraling. You know, it's so so hard to watch somebody so <laughs> <laughs> fall so far from grace. It's like Robert Downey Jr. Or uh, I can't right. think of Marlon Brando, maybe. Uh, he's the Lindsay Lohan of the comic world. Yeah, that's it. So I'm stealing from jewelry stores? Yeah, you might as you well be. It's like you went into a coma and woke up <laughs> and you forgot everything. N- new listeners, please do not be intimidated by Mark Farrington. He used to be a gentle soul. We got your letters. <laughs> I'm going to open them This up. might be a drunk keg caliber. <laughs> now, Mark, you have a letter? From one of our uh, friends of the show. Do you want to? Do you want to maybe just go through that? See if they have any good recommendations. This one's coming from Catcher, who is congratulating us on getting it this far. Yeah, oh, thank you. And Catcher. for books, he recommends X Factor Trade One. David Chen's a god on this book. X Factor. First trade is full of everything non-comic readers are into. From the DC perspective, he's going Final Frontier. 
by Darwin Cook. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. Or The New Frontier? So the or New, new Frontier, 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 I'm yeah. sorry. Well, that, that's that'd be a pretty crazy mix, you know, Star Trek and, and Justice League. I bet you that's, Mark probably just misread that because it's DC related. <laughs> he, probably true. Read, he probably read it that wrong. That is true. He doesn't even know what he's seeing. It, might as, well too be, it might as well be Greek. Yeah. Uh, so, Mark, what, what's your... Those are some great recommendation, recommendations from Ketcher. Um, Thanks, Ketcher. Um, Mark, do you even know where you are right now? <laughs> <laughs> I'm having... should, we, should we just shut off your mic? I don't know what's happening right now. New listeners it's... are listening to this, Mark. Why would anyone ever want to can... hear what you have to say after this episode? I got some funny stories off mic to tell you. It's hasn't been a good podcast for uh-huh. me. Okay. But to tell you a story that, or to tell you a book I would highly recommend. Yeah. Gotham Central by Greg Rucka. Hmm. Great book. Think about, think about it like this. Crime, wow, today is an off night. Yeah. Crime, legal, drama, things like that. Those seem to be all the rage. Procedural TV shows. They're popular now. Very. So it's part CSI, part, I don't know, Law and Order, part NCSI, I don't know. Right. Anyway, Gotham Central is about the cops that work in Gotham. They're the people who patrol the streets. They're the ones who get to answer the calls when somebody dials 911 because there's a supervillain attacking them. So they kind of work to defend the people, and Batman is, in their eyes, an adversary. It's a book that we actually get to see Batman from the outsider's perspective. Mm-hmm. Think about it like this. We've spent 70 years reading Batman stories and seeing what he thinks and actually getting to follow him step by step. This is one of the few books that regularly takes you out of the perspective of Batman so you don't get to see him be three steps ahead. Instead, the cops are now forced to race against time and race against Batman to make sure that they get the arrest, to make sure that they get to a criminal before Batman does and roughs him up so the arrest will stay legit and they can keep this guy locked up. So it was kind of nice to see the cops take an adversarial relationship to Batman. Mm-hmm. It's more grounded, so it takes the superhero uh, fantasy backdrop and really puts it in perspective for the everyday common man. Nice. Who was the uh, villain in the first arc? Was that Mr. Freeze? That was Mr. Freeze. Uh, you knew that. Slim, Slim just, knew that. Just made the check mark in midair. Yeah, you did. Um, your mother's favorite local... Sometimes writer, Jonesy loves beer. Slash homeowner. Yeah, congratulations. Thank you. On that. Congrats, Jonesy. Um, Jonesy, welcome back. Thank you. You know, there was was, two week hiatus. There was some some confusion. A lot of people didn't know if you were coming back. A lot of of people thought you were fired. We didn't know if you were coming back for a Um, while there. A lot of people thought you were dead. Well, the the rumors of my demise are greatly exaggerated. Uh, Mm. You know, just Dave. Wonderful guy, sits in for me when I can't make it. He did a fantastic you know, job, and uh, you know there's a, there's a lot of rumors that there's some kind of fake internet beef between the two of us. Uh, we still are friends, you know, but he he's friend of that caustic, that caustic humor that people find relevant these days. I don't know why. <laughs> so uh, you know, just David, just want to thank you for sitting in my chair. Uh, you know, great job. I think you episode. just like saying the words fake internet beef. <laughs> You know, that, is, that is my shtick, isn't it? Now, he will never admit it on mic, but he really did miss it. I would ask Jonesy to read a letter, but Mark actually read his letter yeah. that he was going to read. Actually, so... I, do have, I do have a letter. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay, this one goes out to Mark. Dear Mark, isn't it true that it's your patented move to take somebody's iPad mid-show? 
and then speak about what they're about to speak about, whether it be an issue or a letter. Uh, love, Jonesy loves beer. And that is true. I will answer that. That is, that is yeah. Park's patent. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, since it was addressed to me, I would love to defend myself. Well, truth be told, faithful this, listeners, this guy. This is going to be God's honest truth. That Slim hasn't heard this yet. But prior to the show, we all distributed the letters. And in my fervor to keep my new purchased iPhone on the letter that I was ready to read, so it would be queued up, ready to go, I accidentally deleted my email. Mm. So... Dale was kind enough to give me his iPad so I could read the letter. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. with me my scrambling, was, was out. I read Jonesy's by mistake. You know, I'm going to go ahead and redeem this right now by recommending Jeff Lemire's Essex County. Good pick. Wow. Now, Great hang pick. on. Not so much about superheroes. You know, so if you're looking for a superhero recommendation from me, you're not going to get it. It's a story of a you know, young orphan boy uh, sent to live out into the Canadian wilderness with only his, what is his uncle? I forgot that detail. It was his uncle. His uncle, you know, is his only family. And really, this boy is just, he, his imagination is his only friend. And, uh, you know, it's a coming-of-age tale that's really beautifully written and drawn in the way that only Jeff Lemire can do it. Like that slightly to the left art that really, it makes you want to cry in some panels. It's It's so... You know, heartbreaking and so good. Mm-hmm. And I, I know we had a lot of high recommendations for it when we did the book club. And this is a book that I give a non-comic book fan to say, hey, even if you hate comics, you think they're for kids, you think you're dumb, you owe it to yourself to read this once in your life. I mean, I love that book. That's, Jonesy, that's perfect because that's what I love when you are trying to explain comics to somebody who has an assumption about comics and then you would throw Essex County at them and just blow their mind because all they think is just kitty, you know, kitty stuff, and it's about superheroes and Superman and Batman. But really, I mean, that's what like one fifth, one fourth of comics in general. I just came up with a great recommendation on the fly right now. Mm. I'm going to get into it after these two. I, I can't even guess what it is. Ready? <laughs> no. No, that's on my list. Okay. Uh, no, I'm not going to do that one. We got some uh, some twitters, you know, today that I wanted to throw in in the pot for the show. You didn't delete those, did you? No, I didn't delete them. Uh, Mike Graham six on the Twitter. Oh yeah, Love you know guy. this guy, he's an emotional guy on the Twitter. Guy tweets. Don't talk to him about four dollar comic books. I'll tell you that much right now. He uh, will go off. One of my uh, one of my standby recommendations for new readers is the Ultimates and Ultimates two. Anyone who's a fan of blockbusters will love it. Oh, yeah. That Ultimates Volume 1 Superhuman has probably got the most travel time of any trade that I own. I mean, it, the spine is, like, worn down. I, I used to open it and read it so often. Yeah, that's... I mean, anybody who's new or hasn't been in comics in a while, they read Ultimates 1. I mean, they're just totally blown away. Like, that's superhero comics. The superheroes they know of and love. That was not like the love. Avengers movie before there was an Avengers movie. Yeah, I was absolutely. And the great thing about that is, I hand somebody Ultimates Volume One and tell them this is what superheroes will be like in the real world now—just larger, mm-hmm. over-the-top, mm-hmm. widescreen action. Loved everything about it. Ultimate Cap's better than uh, regular Cap. Absolutely, we'll say that that's right now. tried and true. I think uh, the whole, actually I think the whole scientifically team, proven. The whole team agrees with that. Yeah. When they uh, when the president of the internet called us with the numbers. He he confirmed that as well. Mm-hmm. That was pretty much that's our secret password to know that's actually the president of the internet. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> Lynetto MB 
Lynetto, um, as I call him. My wife calls her uh, calls him Lynetto Tomb. Hmm. The first graphic novel I ever read was Creature Tech by Doug Tenaple, but I'm not sure how others would handle that. I don't even know what that book is, so we'll just move on. Was that English? It's probably um, about it's probably about college football or retweets. You know, uh, retweets. Lynetto <laughs> editing a retweet. You'll uh, you'll get it next time. So my recommendation it just came it just popped into my brain. Superman Secret Identity. Oh, <laughs> wow! Is that on your talk, list? Talk about fake internet beef. You're starting it up uh, right now. That is on my list. Oh, uh, sorry. Uh, what is Superman Secret Identity? It's the no. Super, I'm, gonna, I'm you know, rhetorically asking oh, myself. Sorry. Okay. Right. If you could it's just a slim spot. You know, keep your keep your pants you know, on right now. Okay. So. <laughs> Everybody's BBs. See, Superman's Secret Identity. I'm, I know what you're thinking right now. You're saying at Slim. Superman is the worst character in the history of humankind. Shut up, and I'm going to delete this podcast. And I'll say, hold on a second, my friend. Superman is lame. Very much so. But this book isn't really about Superman. This book is about a young boy. His name's Clark Kent. This is like real world-ish. You know, imagine if you grew up and your name was Clark Kent and there were Superman comic books. You know, everyone made funny and your name was Clark Kent. You were kind of a nerd linger, you know? So 90% of our listeners can relate. Us, too, probably. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, especially Mark. Hands down. So this actually. kid grows up. Uh, he realizes, shockingly, he has Superman's powers. So he's like, what the F? I'm, my name is Clark Kent, and I actually have Superman's powers. Superman is a comic book character and made up. This is not real. This is not happening. And um, Kurt Busiek, you know, he could be really annoying on the Twitter but my heavens, what a book! There's the whole there's four issues uh, dealing with you know four areas of his life. Um, the final you know it starts with he's he's a teenager. The last book is he's a father, grandfather, really grandfather at that point. At the Grand- end of the book, it becomes yeah. a grandfather. Okay. Um, the whole series really deals with his internal thoughts, uh, his internal monologue. Um, you know his reactions to having these powers. You know what? What are the what the moral dilemmas of actually having superpowers? You know how do I how do I use these powers? What should I do? And his decision to not go public because what he thought it would do to the world at large. Yeah. Oh my God. I mean, once this goes digital, I'm creating like twelve different accounts and buying twelve copies of it. This is the story that I wish they make the next Superman movie out of. Oh, God. I know it would never happen, right? Yeah, but wouldn't that yeah, be magical? I defy you to read this and not tell me that it's the greatest Superman story I've ever read. I defy you right now. But Slim, Superman's lame character, not really about. Superman. Close second is, is Superman l- Red Sun. This is a loophole because it's not really Superman, right? You know? Exactly. I, get, I, I, be, I beat everyone with that loophole. You did right now. Loopholes are how you win most arguments. So I do win most <laughs> arguments. That's true. Uh, Dale underscore A, welcome back. Feels good to be back. <laughs> right. What's what's one of your other? Do you have another email or I another? Do. Rec- yeah, I let's actually hear it. do. Uh, they they came in fast and furious all week. Mm-hmm. They've been coming in burial, burial. Another you know another. Probably. Is it Barry Al or Burial? Burial. Maybe his name's Al, too. Yeah, Barry Al. All right. So it's, it may okay. be two, but it's probably his internet handle. Yeah, they're, they're, is internet it, you know, handles combined. are confusing. They are combined. So Barry Al, I'm, I, I apologize, Barry Allen. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you're not shy recommending trades, which we're not, 
I'd scream Walking Dead as loud as I could for lack of a more creative way to emphasize the enjoyment I've had reading that series. I suppose you could jump on, jump into the middle of the story somewhere, but trades will get you started nicely. Also, for the mature, mature audience, The Boys is actually a really interesting look at superhero community that's gone wrong, and it pseudo-stars Simon Pegg. Hmm. Another uh, DC's reboot offers a great jumping jumping on point, and anyone starting today has only has three months of catching up to do. I second Detective and will throw in a few more based on the track record of the author than anything else. Jeff Johns is working on Aquaman, Scott Snyder is doing Swamp Thing, and Grant Morrison is doing one of the Superman books. I forget which at the moment. <laughs> Barry Al's recommending all those books. Barry Al, and thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah. And uh, as for me... Yeah, let's hear it. I got another book. I want you to do it. I am going to say it right now. <laughs> Chew. I knew it. I knew you son of a bitch. Chew is a beautiful love letter to me, I think, <laughs> more than anything. <laughs> Chew is about a gentleman who can put something in his mouth and eat it and then be able to recite the history about everything that surrounds that item. That is a fantastic idea for comic books, sir. And one that who would have ever thought of it, really? Nobody. Nobody would have ever thought of it. And he's a detective on the um, a special squad, and they make him eat dead fingers and all kinds of things. It's a really good book. Really out of left field. You would have never expected anything like this to be in a comic. And it's super well written, and the art is beautiful. Love the art. Chew is my second recommendation for a new comic reader. Another win from Dale. Another win. Another from Dale. win from Dale. Thank you. Can it be topped by former... DC historian. He's. I think he's checking Eagle scores on his lap pad. No, I'm getting <laughs> texts from them fast and furious. Oh, right now, word. I'm looking at what Sarah, friend of the show and one of the owners of the our show, sponsor yeah, the, the comic book shop, oh, Delaware. Yeah. Uh, super official sponsor of the show. Super, not shop. even just official, yeah. but super official. She oh. was kind enough to shoot us a line to recommend a couple titles. Thanks, Sarah. And. She's just shot a list of fables, fairy tale characters living in New York City. Goon, hilarious monster bashing watercolor goodness. Oh, Sarah, Sarah. The Mighty Thor. Amazing Spider Man, what a comic book should be. Chew, gross, detailed, dynamic. Mm-hmm. Batman, Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz, parentheses, all of Oz's titles. Marvelous Land of, Wonder Wizard of Ozma, Wonder Woman, Walking Dead, and Bone. Bone. She's good. She's very good. She, she knows good. her stuff. As for what I recommend, I'm keeping it simple. Why the Last Man? Brian K. Vaughn, Vertigo title. Mm. Love it. Mm. It's about a 20-something-year-old guy by the name of York who wakes up one day to find that he is the last man on Earth. Without warning, a mysterious plague hits the Earth and kills all male mammals, including people and animals. So the course of the 61-issue story is to figure out what happened what caused this plague, and see what they can do to restart the population. Meanwhile, Yorick is on this search to find his girlfriend that he was proposing to in the midst of the plague hitting. It turns out his girlfriend is studying abroad in Australia, and with all of the men dying suddenly, the world is just 
sent back years. So think about it like I this. Post-apocalyptic, not so much. But transportation is down. Power is down. Farming is down. So it's really about these women who are kind of rebuilding society and reexamining women's role in the world with no men in it. What happened to the gentlemen's clubs in this world, do you think? It's a good question. That's what I'm thinking about. That would be my first fear. Well, the Amazons, you know, they might have been into other women. Uh, well, probably, yeah. Is Amazon a, uh, a some sort of nickname or It's a militia slang? that the Amazon or that some of the women who thought that the death of the men was actually God's will. And that was his way of saying that women deserve to inherit the earth. Oh. I mean, this story has it all. Action, romance, character development, everything that you could want from a, just a really good story that at no point did it ever turn out to be what I expected. Breaking news. Never finished Why the Last Man. Really? Wow. Yeah. Didn't care for it? Waiting for the TV show? <laughs> um, I don't know. 60 issues. I hit one point in the story where they did like the play two-parter or where like the chicks were put on a play. I checked out. Oh, yeah. Checked out. Sorry, everybody. You know, I think it's a great recommendation, though, for non-readers. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's long. Was it 80 issues? 61. 61? Did, did, we, uh, did we do that for the comics podcast, or was that... Yeah, yeah we did back one. Back in the comics yep. podcast days. Man, the olden days. The olden days. Um, what behind the ears? Comic book readers. You know, we have a legit comic creator on the podcast right now. Uh, Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Uh, Jonesy, you're putting a comic book together aren't right now the with one, our the all-star Brad Heitmeyer. cover artist. Yeah. How's that going? Pretty good. You know what? I'm going to I'm gonna put the money where my mouth is. <laughs> I'm going to post some scans onto the website of really? art for the book. That I'm way, excited. The okay. pe- I will yeah, bait awesome. the audience and people will know that this is happening. Actually, that's probably. I wonder if people even think it really is happening. No, maybe it's all a lie. Me and Brad just get get beers and talk about comics, (laughs) and we said we're going to write a book. Jess, do you have another letter? Is this our last letter, I think? This is our last recommendation letter from a laugher. Yeah. And he uh, he said, I recommend um, either books coming out of the X Men reboot, which, of course, he's referring to Schism. Uh, X Men Schism has created a fresh start. That uh, makes the perfect jumping on point in the form of Wolverine and the X Men. And I agree. Sure I read does. Wolverine and the X Men, and it's uh, it reminds me of that you know that mid nineties quirky X Men. You know, it's serious, but there's also a fun side to it. And uh, I think he's on the money with that. I agree. Mm-hmm. Absolutely right. agree. Uncanny X Force is also a good book uh, that's still pretty early in its current run. Mm-hmm. Uh, Uncanny X Force is probably one of my favorites. Just hit the digital apps. Did uh, it? If you're into that okay. kind of deal, is it going day and date? Digital, digital slim. Um, can neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> <laughs> I heard, I heard a rumor that all Marvel was. That is, yeah, I read that article. They were going all the same day by March 2012. Mm. If you're into that sort of thing. Okay. He could say three ninety nine. Oh, <laughs> sorry, down my bed. Full price. <laughs> he continues to say on the DC side, I would recommend Nightwing or Detective Comics. Mm. I would say jump on at Scott Snyder's run of Very detective. interesting recommendations out of the New mm. 52 right there. Nightwing and Detective. And detective D- detective is notable on this show because uh, Mark thought Scott Snyder was writing it, but it's okay. actually Tony Daniel. Thank you for taking a moment to put that <laughs> editor's note into <laughs> broadcast. Laffer uh, continues with a quite inflammatory comment. I wish I could recommend the other Batman books, but Damien went from annoying in the old continuity so intolerable in the reboot. Mm. Man's got a point. Mm. Laffer uh, knocked it out of the park with that statement. Word. 
for older books, uh, if you can find Poison Elves or Johnny the Homicidal Maniac, I highly them. recommend you pick them up. That's Lanetto Bomb if uh, you read that one. Yeah, really. I'm enjoying the new Daredevil and didn't come on board until the end of Shadowland. Laugher, I am sorry for that. You came on board during <laughs> Shadowland. Uh, uh, if the reboot with Mark Wade is uh, easy to pick up if you don't have a strong Daredevil background, I agree. That's that goes back to what makes Daredevil great, which is you know fun rompy comics, uh, and that's all of his uh, recommendations. My recommendation, I'm going to take a cue from the DC side and say Batman: The Long Halloween. Mm. You know Nolan's uh, Batman movies were quasi based on this work. It does a lot to introduce you to Batman's Rogues Gallery, which is you know at the core of most of his stories. Uh, develops the relationship between him, Jim Gordon, and Harvey Dent. And really uh, tells one of the best long-form mystery stories that are out there. And hey, it's Tim Sale on art, so you really can't go wrong in any direction. Had a couple great spinoffs. So if you want to keep, you know, if you start with Long Halloween and then want to go right in a haunted night because you, you're uh, comfortable with that creative team, there's stuff out there for you to get. Mm-hmm. Just all around a good jumping on point to get in the DCU, specifically Batman. You know, I think that was some of Jeff Loeb's best work. As time went on, yeah. his writing, in my opinion, kind of started to decline. Mm-hmm. I agree. That's definitely great. It's a it's it's a good amount of book too. It's like thir- twelve or thirteen. Thirteen issues. issues. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. I mean, just for yeah. it's one story, but it's a whole lot of book. Usually, they stick to four or six issues. I think uh, Superman for All Seasons was four issues, and Hulk Gray was six issues, and Daredevil Hulk Yellow Gray was six. almost almost broke the show apart. Yeah. You know, Dale and I patched. Patch things up, absolutely. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Long Halloween, thirteen issues. But it's you could read it one sitting and just be blown away by it. Uh-huh. By the time you're done, I agree. Slim, I uh, just thought of another one. wasn't on my list, but I want to talk about. It. Let me just let me just quick go through my list. Uh, Day Tripper was on there. Yeah, Day Tripper. Um, Chew was on there. Mm-hmm. Fear Agent was on there. Oh yeah, Fear Agent. Just go get Fury Agent right now. But my recommendation is Sweet Tooth. Oh, boy. Yes. Oh, boy. Uh, Sweet Tooth uh, tells a story very quietly and very, you know, on pace uh, about a young boy with antlers. Like we all had. Um, You know, back back when you were young, you thought you had antlers. You know, people looked at you funny. That's right. Um, He's uh, in a cabin with... um, you know, an older man who's uh, been watching over him. Um, uh, you learn that there's something has happened in society where these, you know, people are being born with, you know, almost animal-like features, you know, kind of like dog children or, you know, Sweet Tooth has these antlers. He's got, like, the funky-looking ears. Uh, so something has happened where um, some kind of strange outbreak has genetically altered folks. And uh, Sweet Tooth is is picked up by uh, Jeopard, uh, who who has stumbled upon his presence, and they go like cross country uh, in search of answers for this. Sweet Tooth, uh, no joke, needs to be read by yeah. everybody. We did um, a comics podcast. Um, for those that don't know, it was a podcast we used to do on the first trade. I read it in like ten minutes. Mm-hmm. There's like there's little dialogue, but uh, you know on pages where there is no dialogue, you know a full story is told on the on that page, epically, by Jeff Lemire. 
You, yeah, you can't see it at home, but we're just like nodding <laughs> approval. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Sweet Tooth. There's I not mean, much you can say. It's just you got to read it's it. It's great. It is great. Um, I'm waiting for you know more issues to hit the comics app so I can download those because I think we're almost up to date. We're, I think it's it just went same day, but there are some issues in between that aren't there yet. Mm. So you can get the first you know five issues on the app, and I recommend it. Sweet Tooth. Sweet Tooth. Um, sorry. Anyone else, have a, <laughs> anyone else have a final recommendation besides myself? Uh, yeah, I'm going to throw one out. I, I do have some honorable mentions as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Atomic Robo is on that oh, yeah. honorable mention list. Uh, great, fun, all-ages book. All-ages. Humorous, ages. humorous, humorous. Um, DMZ, uh, Vertigo title. Your boy Brian Wood. Brian Wood, yeah. Manhattan is a demilitarized zone between another civil war in the United States Northlanders, another Brian Wood. Yeah, another that's Brian a, Wood. that Viking book I always want to read. After you is talk Brian about Wood it. here in the building? Brian Wood is my best friend. <laughs> he's upstairs with his wife. He's she's up there. He's up there watching Castle with my wife. <laughs> and uh, and I'm going to pick a one from the New Fifty Two because I think overall the New Fifty Two has been a pretty successful reboot relaunch. I I uh, would agree. So I'm going to go with uh, something nice and easy. Justice League number one. It's a team book, so you can get that aspect from a superhero kind of uh, superhero comic. Mm-hmm. And uh, your three issues, what are you, three issues now? Almost three issues. Two and a half. Um, two comic titans on this book, Jeff Johns and Jim Lee. Can't be topped. I mean, that's nice vanilla. Right, And you can start right from the beginning at issue one. So Justice League. Justice League. Deserves. Get at it. Get at it. Justice League. You remember that, Mark? Justice League? I remember it. In fact, it's where I'm going for my third one. And get through, uh, read issue one, but move on to that. Issue one is doesn't have much content. Issue two picks up a lot more. Mm-hmm. And uh, so stick it out. I recommend it. Stick it out. Going in the same vein as Justice League in DC, I struggled with what to make my third pick. The honorable mention book, I guess, is going to be Grant Morrison's JLA. It was... Out in 96, and JLA is the big seven. All of the DC heroes, Superman, Batman, all of them together teamed up. To contrast the volume that Dale just mentioned, the ones that are just new, well, the recent Justice League's focus on character development and heart, Grant Morrison's Justice League is just balls-to-the-wall action. This is the book that you want to read if you want to see heroes in fantastic over-the-top situations where it looks like the S is hitting the fan. And you have no idea how they're going to get out of it. This is a book that was so well written and so highly revered that characters were better depicted here than in their own books. If I wanted to see Superman and Green Lantern be the best and be written the best, I would go to JLA. If you didn't care about the art, you would also read this. Because there was an (laughs) artist that, while Slim didn't like, millions of other people did. Howard Porter. It wasn't that bad. Uh, Some of the the coloring was a little weird in that book, too. Oh, Maybe just the covers. But the book that I would hand to somebody is, you guys remember those oversized novel books that Paul Dini and Alex Ross were drawing? They did one a year mm-hmm. of random DC characters. I'm recommending Superman Peace on Earth. It was, again, written by Alex Ross, so you know the art is on point. And it's about Superman decides that one Christmas he's going to use his powers to do something really moving for the world. He's going <laughs> to feed everybody for the day. I'm telling you. Just for the day, Superman? <laughs> He wants one sentence, day. I mean, that sense epitomizes why Superman is so lame. Get out of here. 
He's a good guy who cares about gonna, doing something good for other people. Is he going to put a net in space and take everybody's nukes and throw them into the sun? <laughs> wow. How did he do this, and why didn't he do it every day for the rest of his life? Because he realizes he can't, but he decides that he wants to make a day where at least nobody on the planet goes hungry. And you can't help but admire somebody who wants to at least dedicate his time like that. Mm. And it's kind of about how he realizes that he's just one man and he can't do everything. And that there are people on this world who want to see him fail. Not villains, but governments, dictators, terrorists, and some politicians. And so it's really fans. about how he tried his best to help everybody. Just, and in the end, he just couldn't do it. Hmm. Heartfelt story. So Alex Ross wrote it and drew it? Paul Dini wrote it. Oh, Paul Dini. And Paul Dini, in my opinion, is a writer who hands down knows every character in the DCU. He's a master of boiling down what is essentially awesome about a character and what can be thrown away to the side that will bog somebody down in continuity. So he's what you used to be. Yeah. <laughs> and I more. I have ever really read a Paul Dini comic book. Have you ever watched any of the Bruce Tim comic book cartoons? Did you ever read May Love? That was the one. I think that yeah. might be the one thing I've ever read. I don't know about you guys. Paul, I Paul just Dini like get, to, gets a lot of heat. I just like to spend my Christmas listening to Bing Crosby and David Bowie. That's all I know. <laughs> David all Bowie? Right. What do you do? Little oh, drummer boy. Oh, He's older. Black. I'm black. How would I know that? <laughs> Are you? <laughs> How would I know that? Uh, Jonesy, last recommendation my last before we get into the lightning round. Uh, a book so great, I only know of one person living who doesn't like it. And that book is Planetary. Planetary is uh, so great. That is a great recommendation. <laughs> the best book that come out of that '90s era breakaway from the big two, you know that Wildstorm feeling that everybody got in the '90s. Planetary is just the perfect execution of superhero, science, magic. It's a critique on anything, everything we've grown up and loved. And uh, but at the same time, it, it tells a great story. You know, it's it's that book that got me back into comics back in the day. Reading Slim's Basement, back uh, when just wet behind the ears. I was gonna recommend it, but I didn't want to be. You know, oh, Slim's talking about planetary again, guys. Yeah. No, you, know, you know what? Rubbing elbows. Got his planetary put, hat on. Put that mantle on me. I'll be the planetary I guy. I mean, uh, Indiana Jones meets Blade Runner meets both of those combined into another movie. I'm surprised this is the first we're hearing about in all the recommendations. I mean, I mean that's it's that's on a, my list, but I, yeah, I, yeah. I uh, all right, you have a list, okay? Right? You got a big, big long list. Yeah, the right? reason is I, I think uh, my list right you need now. big underwear for that big long list of yours. The Duchess of Pavercake Mandy Boo is is trying to a titter or Twitter titter. Twitter a Twitter campaign to block the love of planetary throughout the world. Mandy but, Boo, you know. for new listeners, uh, she has contributed, I think, twice to the Paperkeg website, and both have gotten picked up by main comic book sites immediately. It's a, she's crazy. She's amazing. With and that. she do, she does the team up with yeah. you. Yeah, we do the team up uh, together. She hates planetary but loves fear itself. I'll let you be the judge on that, my friends. We'll leave it at that. Leave it at that. Let that marinate in your brain. In my crock pot. <laughs> slow cooker in the mind. So we got to get into the lightning round right now. You know, Which, we got Mouse Guard to, t to chat about. We're running out of time. Running out of tape. What's the uh, lightning round for new listeners? Lightning round, uh, you know, we, we try to talk about as, as many books as we can, but we're running out of time. So just two sentences or less. Tell us about that book that you read, um, and then we'll go around. Jurassic Park number one. <laughs> 
<laughs> what? I like it. I like it. Jurassic Park was a movie that has a comic book, and it's not terrible. That's it. There you go. Lightning round. That's yeah. how it's done. One That's sentence. Exactly. Two sentences. The one sentence wonder over here. That's right. Set in the stage. The Incredible Hulk number one. Stop doing that with your mouth and your fingers, Slim. That's not my sentences. Jason Aaron has enabled me to read a Hulk book. I liked what I read. What? Can I have a rebuttal? No. It's not lightning rebuttals. <laughs> I know. I'm going to rebuttal. Lightning that, rebuttals. I'm gonna li- <laughs> <laughs> so I'll rebuttal on episode 32 of the Your Hulk statement. Don't. Do not tune in. Uncanny X-Men number one. Cyclops restarts the X-Men with the most powerful lineup of heroes and villains. He is mad as hell and ain't going to take being a victim anymore. Karen Gillen (laughs) wrote that. (laughs) Thanks, Lynn. I don't know where you're going with that. I had to wait. Is it, is, did uh, you say it like that because you really don't know how to pronounce his name? Kieran exactly, yeah, yeah. Gillen spells X-Men with a lowercase m. Oh, boy. I'm never going to forget. We kn- <laughs> I knew there was something else there. Had to be I'll it. forgive, but I'll never forget. <laughs> Wonder Woman issued two. Never thought I had so much fun of seeing his Wonder Woman play Kratos in the God of War. Mm. And uh, finally got me reading Wonder Woman. Nice job, DC. That was two sentences? That was felt like a lot. There's the appropriate punctuation <laughs> in there. So can you give me that in writing so I can review? <laughs> uh, no. We, no, I don't have enough time. We are reviewing <laughs> Mouse Guard we, is our book club this week. Mouse Guard, uh, Mouse Guard. Fall 1152. By are you in a book club? We are. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, that was, I was wondering s- what your little <laughs> hurricane finger movement was gonna was doing over there. Um, Masgard, uh, you know, tells the story. Who wants to give the the, the synopsis on this? John? I'll take, a, I'll take a, uh, a swipe at it. Yeah. Uh, Masgard uh, tells the story of this grand universe of uh, the best way I can describe it is like Brian Jack's Redwall back in the day. You know, mice have this uh, Middle Ages like culture. You know, they exist in this this large grassy glen, but it's populated with mouse cities. And, uh, you know, the mice are constantly terrorized by predators like owls and hawks and snakes and the like. So they've developed the mouse guard, which are like these roaming knights that escort people from town to town and, you know, fight off the predators. And it's it's a grand tale, small in scale. Like, it's it's very... You. Look at well, this guy. You like that? Reverend Rohn. Yeah. I'm thinking think about putting that on my t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it tell it centers on, you know, five main mouse guard who um, break into groups of three. And it's a, a nicely intertwined story that follows, you know, is there a traitor in the mouse guard? You know, who is this old legendary hero? Uh, it's It's just got a lot of what you would call like tropes. But it's done so well that you forget that they're tropes. It's a great jumping on point for um, new readers into comics, like we just recommended it. And it's also a great all-ages book. And I, I was telling Dale earlier, 
Um, I was reading this book yesterday, and uh, I mean, I love, I fell in love with the art. I mean, the art in this book is just fantastic. But like, some moments were so good that I actually had to like run over to the couch and show my wife because like <laughs> I, I was trying to explain it to her, and you know, usually my wife tunes me out when I talk about this the stuff for the show. Like it's like Redwall. She's like, I hate it, Redwall. Of course she did because I love it. But uh, <laughs> I walked over to the couch. I'm like, how could you hate this? She's using a leaf as a boat. Look, it's a little I, leaf boat. I mean, this this book has just got so many great little touches like that. And I mean, I, I'm a I'm now a mouse card reader. Like I, I bought the next trade as soon as I was done reading Fall, and I even uh, bought the uh, Legends of the Mouse Card three oh, yeah. issue mini that came out. Like it, I'm a huge fan of this now. So thank you for that recommendation, Dale. I think you recommended that. Yeah, my that brother. That's me. You know, we'd be in a mouse card together if we were, were mice guard. Yeah, we would my, be mice guardians. <laughs> mouse guard. Um, you know, I was never really into. There's to me, it feels like there's forty books about mice doing something that humans do. Mice Templar. Uh, yeah, Mickey Mouse. One. Mickey Mouse is a notable other one. He was a wizard sometimes. Uh, Lady Mouse. Mice Templar. Did anyone say that yet? <laughs> um, so I went in here, um, loved it, right. blew through it. I was curious about what you were going to think. The, I, I, I'm always amazed by writers that also uh, draw the work. I, I don't know. I just have a special respect for those folks. Uh, yeah, I, I, I actually do too. What? That's a good point you bring up because um, I, it just feels like they're doing. I mean, their heart and soul is more into it. It's their baby, but, I mean, they're doing double the work, mm -hmm. so it can't be easy. Um, I find their stories are a lot easier to follow because instead of having to explain to somebody else what they want the shot to be and what they're trying to evoke, they feel it. They know it. Yeah, there's not a, there was never a ton of exposition in the, in the writing or in the reading. Um, there's just a lot of, you know, there's a lot of quiet scenes where, you know, Stuff isn't happening, but you can see the characters going through the event on their own and, you know, observing the process and going about it their own way. Um, and the the first scene where you meet the, the three mouse guard, this is mouse guards? Mouse guard mouse. is like deer, so you could just say yeah, mouse guard. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Um, the mouse guard. Guard okay. mice. The guard um, mice. But the way that the three characters are, are shown, you know, the one character has like the... He he's almost like obviously the respected elder of the group. He was wearing the the blue cloak. Mm -hmm. Just the way he was wearing the cloak, um, the one the way that uh, the other character in the red, um, Saxon, Saxon. I almost got as as goofy and nerdy as this is. I got the Raphael vibe from this character. <laughs> <laughs> A little um, too Raph. So you can kind of get that this guy is like the wild card. You know, he does his own thing. And uh, the other one in green uh, was kind of like Liam. the young rookie, uh, you know, eager to learn. And, and, I, and I, like I literally got that in one panel. And as soon as and that was really early in the book, so I knew it was like, all right, you know, I'm in good hands here. Um, great book. Two um, the trade and you know, the digital trade's two hundred pages. Got a ton of extra features. Um, and it wasn't you know a huge story. I mean, it was huge, but you just. It was a relaxed pace. Yeah, and it wasn't convoluted mm -hmm. with, uh, you know, silly side stories that you lose track of and stuff like that. It's But it's a girthy book. I mean, it's got 200 <laughs> pages, like you said. 
and there's a lot to it, but it's mostly just beautiful art. And uh, yeah, oh god, such uh, great artwork in this book. Sometimes, if you catch it, the uh, art, the creator's David Peterson. Sometimes, if you if you follow his Twitter feed, he'll do like you streams mm-hmm. of how he uh, how he draws the mice and stuff like that on his computer, and uh, it's a really beautiful process. I mean, it, the art is just like I don't know. There's something like home homey homely like it's just comforting yeah it's just a weird i don't know what's a lot to of say. Na- there's a lot of nature in it too yeah but it's drawn in such a way that like the colors are bold it reminds me of like it, it, well the t- the subtitle is actually fall but it reminds me of like there's a lot of fall colors in it and uh the uh, the fabric patterns and stuff it's yeah. just really it's really beautiful i think another one of my high points was the way that the book is um portrayed as this as is it five issues it was five issues right but the way this it's a limited series and i always say this but the way that it's five issues it has a name and you can easily talk six issues it's six issues mouse guard historian over here um (laughs) but it's easy to 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 talk about you know i hate how most superhero books are like volume 14 and one through 80 you can talk about Mouse Guard Fall eleven fifty two. You know, you know what mm-hmm. that story was. You can hand that around to your friends. You know, you're not saying, "Hey, read Flash twenty three through thirty one." You know, it's easy to pass around. It's easy, easy to talk about. Easy to remember. And the next one after this was Mouse Guard Winter. Mm-hmm. I mean, ugh, just yeah. And they they leave you just enough at the end of the sixth issue. Six. Thanks to Mark. He tells mm-hmm. the. Uh, they leave you just enough to where, uh, you know, this story is nice and tied up, but, you know, she's going to have to send the mice back out, the guard mice back out, and you might, you might want to catch that in Mouse Guard Winter, 1152. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. It's just a, just a great book. I mean, like we like I started to say, there's just no side stories that you get lost in. Just three main stories, but they're all tied up in the end. And it, I don't know. It's just everything about the book. Mark, what did you think about Mouse Guard? I kind of agree with uh, you and Jonesy. The book is full of tropes. And truth be told, I was very put off at first with the fact that we were going to read a story about mice. Because like you said, how many times have we seen mice used as characters? Mm -hmm. I got through the first three pages and I couldn't put it down. Like, I loved it. Uh, All of the characters were very engaging. It starts off at a very simple story. You see these three mice investigating the disappearance of a fellow mouse. And the story just snowballs into this uh, big epic tale about a traitor in the mouse guard who is now going to try to overthrow the country. And there wasn't a thing or a theme or a character in the story I didn't like, especially halfway through when they encounter this legendary hermit Ronin warrior named Salawan Salawain. Salaway or something like that. He calls himself, Salaway. or the legends have called him the Black Axe. And through a series of mis, a series of circumstances, he becomes at odds with the Mice Guard. Eventually they team up, and from that point, I couldn't put it down. And like you, Jonesy, as soon as this was over, I read Winter. And can't recommend this enough to anybody. It was good. Yeah, You know, rarely do I have such an emotional reaction to... Um you know, one of our roundtable books. I mean, probably with Essex County and Day Tripper, I really had an emotional connection to. This book just made me think of, you know, a time 
you know, five or six years from now that I hold my son or daughter in my arms. and Or a mouse. Or a mouse. mouse. And, and they're begging me, oh, dad, 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 let's read Mouse Guard, let's read Mouse Guard, you know, and they're getting something out of it. And I'm enjoying it on, you know, a million different levels. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it, it's a, a perfect piece, piece of art. I mean, there's, I, I could just sit here and praise it all night. Mm-hmm. You know what else yeah. I loved about it too is I wasn't expecting this much action in a book about mice. But in the first few pages, um, the rookie who's learning the way and learning from the two veterans, he fights and kills a snake single-handedly. And I'm not going to do a description of that battle justice. But at the end of it, he grabs the snake's fang, pulls himself up, and stabs him through the head with the sword. Yeah. Like, Spoiler. whoa. That was awesome. I, and I like how they they were able to make the conflict so believable because, you know, there could easily be at any time a a barn owl come down and just swoop up a mouse at any time. But it's just left out of the story because what, what fun would that be? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So they're not fighting off huge turkey buzzards or something like that. It's it's very down-to-earth, down-to-the-ground where they are running around with their little cute swords and cloaks, <laughs> you know. Um, great, yeah. great book. Yeah. I loved um, Peterson's, I guess, minimalistic approach, like you said, Slim. My favorite moments came in the sequel where, long story short, Saxon, the, raff, the hothead of the group who'd rather fight than think, is separated from his team. He comes across a bunch of skeletons and bones. He sees the bones of, I guess, something that catches his eye, a shiny jewel. He looks at it twice. He notices this cloak pin, and he flashes back in a three-panel sequence. He turns, looks at this pin, flashes back to his mentor training him, flashes back to him in the present, and he's hugging the skeleton crying. Hmm. Any other less talented writer and artistic team would bury you with exposition and feelings. This, you got it. That hit home to him. And picture painted a, po- a thousand words there. It was great. It looks like you're tearing up, too, when you're telling the story. I'm amazed. Just wait until the next book. <sighs> I'm going to have to I read it. I teared up on now. that one. I'm going to have to read it. He, uh, the way he tells the story, he lets the mythology unfold on its own. And yeah, nothing he, has to be carried. Right. And he, yeah. uh, he unfolds the story of the mouse guard and of the world in the actual story itself, there isn't much flashback or monologue uh, talking about, you know, how, you know, this is why the cities are made. They are. That's just, it's through natural dialogue between the mice that you find out the reason why the mouse guard is there and, and the, why the cities are set up the way they are and, and, and stuff like that. Yeah, and I recommend anyone who's going to pick this up, pick it up in trade form because the bonuses you get, in the trade, you get that beautiful map of the Glen and all the different towns. You get the pinups in the back. You get an explanation of a. Uh, it reminds me of those those books when we were kids with like uh, David the Gnome, where it was like the Gnome Carpenter and the Gnome um, Blacksmith. They did they just do it with a mouse guard, and they had this like little snippets of what life is like in the world of mouse guard, and these great little you know yeah, one off pictures, mice professions. Yeah, get definitely get it in trade form. It's it's worth your buck. And and the little and it's little little thoughts like that that went into it. Like when David Peterson created the map for the world that they're in, you know, up in the corner, it's like uh, by you know Carter's cartography, which you end up is like a mouse cartographer in one of the towns. So it's like it all ties together. Like it's a little more realistic. Like mm-hmm. the mouse, you know, the mouse cartographer. I would love to map. see this as like a children's animated 
either series or uh, or like animated feature. Mm-hmm. I think that would be great. I wonder if it would be great. Yet. I don't know. There's yeah. a lot of substance Peterson never to this book. about how he's making millions uh, with optioning it. No, I'm going to tweet. I'm going to t- tweet, tweet him though and ask him why. Tweet him. Titter him. Titter him. Thank God my my wife doesn't listen. I'd be in be trouble. Next week we will be reading. I kill giants. Next week's book club. Yeah. Should be a doozy. Should be a doozy. Maybe we were all a little emotionally affected by it. Who knows? I certainly mm. was. Save the show. Stay tuned. Uh, I don't know about you. I thought we had a great show. Start off a little slow. Sorry, oh, yeah. new listeners. <laughs> we're usually not that bad this in the is, beginning. This is the worst jumping on point we could have come up with. <laughs> we planned Listen, and we not, planned for this. It's not They're jumping all uphill on, from here, though. You know, Hype Meyer was like, you guys should just do a show where you guys don't do your formula. So we, this is for you, Brad. That's, that's what you get. Yeah, Thanks a lot, you Brad. You got what you asked for, Hype Meyer. Blame Canada. Don't blame Canada. Why don't Canada you draw so me some inherited sketches so I can post them on the interwebs? Next week, we'll be back better than ever. We get back to that format. That Back made on. us superstars in our own minds. Go by Mouse Guard. <laughs> this experiment gone wrong. <laughs> Listen, it wasn't that bad. No, it wasn't that bad. Uh, shop at the comic shop. Comicbookshop.com. We'll see everybody next week. <laughs>